Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is the second week of our second annual Nintendo Month. Absolutely. We're both very excited. Last week, I know Carl and I had such a blast uh, talking about and listening to all the music of the Fire Emblem series. And uh, this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Today is our spotlight on Kid Icarus Uprising. Absolutely. This is, you know, this is actually an episode idea that Carl and I have had in mind for over a year. Uh, I know when we first thought up the idea of what if in November we had a Nintendo month to mark like coming out of the Wii U, this is probably the first thing I remember Carl saying, oh, the Kid Icarus score. And uh, since that time, we've been pushing it back and pushing it back. And I actually had an opportunity in that time to play through and beat the game. And it's a wonderful, wonderful game. And it's probably one of the best soundtracks Nintendo's released in a long time. And I think one of the reasons that is, is you just have uh, such a wonderful group of composers. It's crazy. That work on this. And a lot of them that, you know, we haven't really heard working on games published by Nintendo in a really long time, if not ever. Yeah, so if you guys remember, we've had one previous Spotlight episode, and that was on The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and that was a really fun episode. It gave us an opportunity to really dive into one particular soundtrack. We were able to play almost all the great music from Ocarina of Time, so this is going to be our second Spotlight episode, and it's nice to be able to feature um, music from a game that is very recent. This game came out last year. It was released in 2012 for the 3DS and it's going to be so much fun today because we're going to get the opportunity to really dive into this soundtrack play so many tracks to really get an understanding of some of the compositional styles and the overall palette that this soundtrack creates it's just an absolutely exquisite soundtrack well absolutely before we get started I wanted to talk a little bit about Kid Icarus in general and a little bit of that franchise because again today we're only going to be talking about the most recent entry Kid Icarus Uprising for the 3DS Uh, but the original Kid Icarus Icarus actually came out for the Famicom uh, in 1986 and uh, came out in America in 1987, but it was actually the sister game to a little-known title called Metroid, (laughs) and obviously Metroid went on to be way more popular and has such a beloved series behind it, but Kid Icarus never really had that luck. There was one sequel on the Game Boy, but other than that, it's sort of been a dead franchise for a really long time, Mm -hmm. so this project for Kid Icarus Uprising was kind of a big deal because uh, Smash Super Smash Brothers creator Masahiro Sakurai actually led the development team to reboot this really classic little Nintendo franchise. Kid Icarus is a great game. It uh, uses actually the Metroid engine. And another cool thing is it shares a producer and a developer with Metroid in addition to its composer. The music of the first Kid Icarus game, and along with a lot of the themes that have been reused in Uprising, were written by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka. So you're definitely going to hear his music all over the soundtrack. It's really great they do a great job of paying homage to the original source material which is which is always great in video game music that's one of the longest running traditions is paying tribute to the composers that came before right well i mean we even heard that a little bit last week with fire emblem and you hear that with zelda or any great series so like we said this game came out last year and we're gonna we're gonna give you right now the list of composers that worked on this game there's a total of seven composers that worked on this they were matoi sakuraba yuzo kashiro masafumi takata Noriyuki Awadere, Takahiro Nishi, Yasunori Mitsuda, and Natsumi Kameoka. Some absolutely legendary names there. So fun to have all these composers working together for this project. What you heard playing in was the opening of Kid Icarus Uprising. We're going to start things off with Chapter 1, The Return of Palutena. And this particular track was composed by Matoi Sakuraba, Yasunori Mitsuda, and Natsumi Kameoka. Enjoy.
awesome. You're listening to Chapter 1, The Return of Palatina. And this particular track obviously features a lot of the original material composed by Hiro Hiptanaka, but this was worked on by Matoi Sakuraba, Yasunori Mitsuda, and Natsumi Kameoka. Lots of original melodic material here as well. Well, yeah, it's kind of cool. This whole piece is sort of separated into almost different little movements. The whole first movement is a fully realized orchestral version of the Kid Icarus theme, uh, The Underworld, by Hip Tanaka. In the subsequent parts, we're all just sort of score of this initial first level. Mm -hmm. One thing that's so cool about this game is all the cinematics are sort of happening sort of through dialogue in real time while the gameplay occurs. Oh, that's cool. So that's why the music sort of is constantly changing like this. Is that why because, there's different movements? Well, exactly, because during the gameplay, you'll get to a point and the characters will be saying things, but, you know, there's not that separation of gameplay and then dialogue or exposition. I see. You know, it's all sort of happening at the same time, kind of like a more elaborate version of, like, the way Star Fox works. That's really cool. I was going to ask you about, there's a lot of these tracks we're going to play today that have those movements, so that's something for you guys kind of to keep your ear out for is you're going to hear a lot of those stops and starts right. again on these well tracks. and i think another cool thing is that a lot of the levels will with each of the movements harken back to similar themes in a different way because each level is multifaceted there's sort of an air component which is on rail like Star Fox, and then there's an on land combat component to each level so uh, there's usually variations on themes and some really cool opportunities for great musical score Awesome. Well, that was a great way to get things started here. Let's keep this train rolling. We're going to play Chapter 2, Magnus and the Dark Lord. And this particular track was composed by Yuzo Kashiro, Yasunori Mitsuda, and Natsumi Kameoka. Please enjoy. Beautiful. You're listening to Chapter 2, Magnus and the Dark Lord, one of the very first pieces you hear in this game. This was composed by Yuzo Kashiro, Yasunori Mitsuda, and Natsumi Kameoka. Now, this is Chapter 2, so I'm assuming this is maybe one of the second stages that you play in the game. Right, exactly. So, I, I believe, correctly, each stage, you're sort of facing off a different sort of... Uh, Opponent. One mm -hmm. cool thing about Kid Icarus is the whole world is based around Greek mythology. Right. So all of the enemies are actually have a historical context in mythology. That's so which cool. Which is really cool. And a great thing about Kid Icarus Uprising, though, which is why this music fits so well, is it doesn't take itself seriously. So the characters speak in a very modern vernacular, which okay. is also allows the music to have more of a modern and playful sensibility well, yeah, that's, that's not taking itself too seriously. That's what I wanted to say. One thing that I love about this soundtrack, and you guys are going to get the chance to hear this as we play all these tracks, is that it has a really good balance of having very sophisticated sophisticated orchestral film score techniques that you can only get from a full orchestra and just really exquisite stuff but it also combines really playful melodic right. material that you would hear in the older generations of right. video game music and it's such a great marriage that I really don't hear very often. Well to me it's it's almost reminiscent of sort of like how a Pixar film is maybe scored right. because it's orchestral and robust um, but there's also a playfulness and a levity to it because it yes. sort of is a children's There's story. a lot of humor that's evoked just within this music like I've never played this game but I really Really, my imagination really w runs wild with uh -huh. a lot of these tracks. Well, and I think another thing I love about this track and this whole soundtrack is that it really is able to have that balance of being effective, you know, rhythmically and scoring the experience. And, you know, we're able to listen to it on its own and it's enjoyable. It's very good. It's very melodic. And I think that's sort of a counterexample to a lot of the more functional music that we hear that maybe works functionally in the game, but when you take it outside, 
outside of it, the music itself just has not, yeah. doesn't have many legs to stand on. One of the on. reasons why we had this as an, as an idea for a topic for so long is that this soundtrack on its own is one of the most enjoyable soundtracks that we've uh, listened to in years. So that's one of the reasons why we think it warrants a whole episode is because you don't really need to play this game to get enjoyment out of this music. Right. It really speaks for itself. Such a limber use of the orchestra in this particular track. I like that one section where you heard the xylophone was doubled with strings. Right. And that's a, the xylophone is a very playful instrument that you hear in cartoons mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and it really fits with a lot of the Kid Icarus music. Um, yeah. I think another thing that I love is there's such a sense of cohesion in this soundtrack. More so than and like the Legend of Zelda more so than Mario Galaxy as far as mm-hmm. the more recent orchestral elements because they all sort of have the same palette. Which is wild because it's a lot of different composers are able right. to come together and do that. Because like with Mario Galaxy, you know, you have some of those boss themes, some of those themes that have that sort of techno-y influence where this entire soundtrack has that classic orchestral mm-hmm. symphonic sound to yes, it. Yes, even if there are particular tracks that maybe feature more of a rock context. Right, the very... composition is sort mm-hmm. of fits in that same world and that same presentation good point will we're going to move on to chapter two dark lord gale's castle and this was worked on by yuzo kashiro and natsumi kameoka please enjoy Excellent. You're listening to Chapter 2, Dark Lord Gale's Castle, and this was composed by Yuzo Kashiro and Natsumi Kameoka. I'm a really big fan of uh, Kashiro's contributions to this soundtrack. He really put a lot of heart and soul into his work in this game. One thing that I love about this particular track is the really bombastic low brass. It's so powerful and demonic. I really think it's very effective yeah, in this I gotta particular say, it actually track. reminds me of uh, a lot of modern Hans Zimmer things. Mm-hmm. He really loves using those full brass sections, that low brass. In his Batman soundtracks, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Like the Dark Knight. <laughs> Ironically, some of his most melodic material is <laughs> in those yeah, Batman. That's films. a good point. A lot of those low brass that was very effective for the Batman scores, and it's very effective here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One thing that I love again is that um, it's very rousing and very intense. Dun, 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 a little bit of kind of Imperial March influences. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, <laughs> once you hear the Imperial March, you know that rhythm sort of. Yeah. <laughs> John Williams gets to own that rhythm because it's such a classic. Well, now we're going to move on to one of the probably more popular tunes in the game, one of the more simple melodically. This is Magnus's theme, and it was composed by Yuzo Kashiro and Natsumi Kameoka. Please enjoy Magnus's theme.
listening to Magnus's theme from Kid Icarus Uprising, and this was composed by Yuzo Kashiro with some help from Natsumi Kameoka. I think Natsumi did some of the arrangements. I'm not sure how much composition she did. I think this was mainly composed by Yuzo, but I just love Yuzo Kashiro. He's such a great composer. One thing that I love about this soundtrack is I really get the sense that all these composers were so ex- were so excited to work with each other, and it really kind of elevated all of their compositions because there was probably a little bit of a friendly rivalry going on where, you know, I want to top that one, I want to top this one, and just a great collaborative relationship that you can tell based just on the music, the output, it speaks for itself. They just had must have had a great time working on this soundtrack. Well, yeah, I mean, the output is very fantastic. And again, I'm just so consistently impressed with the orchestration. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a consistency in quality for all of the arrangements and all of the music. Yeah, you know, this... It's ve- again. It's very cohesive. It's so you, cohesive. you can go from a piece that we just came from to a piece like this, which musically are fairly different, but they totally exist in the same world. And it really feels like all these composers, even though there were so many people, sort of having the same duty. I really feel like they had a collaboration and they had a discussion about what they wanted the game to sound like. I think some of that discussion probably had to do with a lot of the other people making this game that came to them and said, you know, guys, we want it to be this. And I think they did a great job of making that happen. This is one of my favorite themes in this whole soundtrack. It feels like one of the main themes to me. It feels very important. This could really fit in a movie that's something like Pirates of the Caribbean, something very swashbuckling. It's just a great melody. It just really holds up well. I think another great thing about all these songs that we're hearing today is just fantastic playing. We're really having yeah. wonderful playing. How about that trumpet in the, in the previous track, huh? Yeah, gosh, absolutely wonderful. Excellently engineered and mic'd. Um, mm-hmm. But the performances from all of these players and this orchestra are just very, very solid and very expressive. Yeah, let's hope this tradition keeps going with the Nintendo song tracks because I don't want it. This, I don't want this to stop. Let's now play Chapter 3, Heads of the Hudra, and this was composed by Matoi Sakuraba in Natsumi Kameoka. Enjoy! listening to Chapter 3, Heads of the Hudra. This was composed by Matoi Sakuraba with some help from Natsumi Kameoka. Such a solid piece of music. One thing that I like is so far um, from what we've played, this is the most scary and intense starting off. It's a lot of tension and fright, uh-huh. but it's also incredibly um, rhythmically and groovy and melodic. Don't isn't you it? love how that meter just changed I earlier? I love it so much. Really fantastic. You know what I love is I feel like so many modern films and video games, they're you know, percussion and rhythm is really such a huge element of their function, but I feel like they get carried away with only using percussion to create rhythm. What do you think about this di- dissonance you're hearing yeah, there? Very it reminds dissonant. me of like Psycho or something. Yeah, but what I love is they're using the orchestra to create that rhythmic drive. They're yeah. using the strings to accent some of those odd meters, not just with percussion alone. This is such an impressive soundtrack. I'm sorry. It's just... 
it's just oozing with emotion. I mean, the use of dissonance, the really sophisticated techniques that these composers use all over the place. And it's coupled, it's sandwiched with like really accessible melodies. And then all of a sudden it'll go into something that's so demonic. It's just uh -huh. all over. It's this roller coaster of emotions. You know, it reminds me of any old like classic film score yeah. or any film composer where they're sort of able to service the scene and the emotions. You know, you can have something rousing and melodic and hummable and then you can go to something very complex and dissonant in a dime in just a heartbeat good point we're going to jump ahead here to chapter eight in the space pirate ship now this track was composed by noriyuki awadere and natsumi kameoka please enjoy in the space pirate ship So good. You're listening to Chapter 8 in the Space Pirate Ship, composed predominantly by Noriyuki Awadere. One thing that is so cool about this track is I think it's the third or the fourth time so far today where you hear the hearkening back to the, that original Kid Icarus music by Hirohip Tanaka. We should keep a tally of all the times they go back to that theme. It's a lot in this soundtrack, and it's always so fun when you hear that. That was one of the things I was most excited about this game, is having sort of revival of some of those classic themes, because I felt often Kid Icarus got overlooked, and there was so much good music, and so many great themes by Hip Tanaka, so, so to sort of uh, reawaken some attention to that, and also present it with such a lush orchestral sound, mm -hmm. along with so many new great themes, it was just such a treat. Yeah, it's really impressive because whenever you hear them harken back to that, usually it's the underworld theme that uh -huh. they, they harken back to. It's always sandwiched with really awesome music on either side of it. So it just makes everything impressive. It makes that theme stand out, but the rest of it is just as good. It's cr it's just crazy. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you're right. I love how they keep harkening back to it. It really makes it feel more reminiscent of like a film score where you can have themes that you're hearkening back to, you know, because these are just level themes. But the fact that in each level it could harken back to a main theme or motif, it makes it feel like the music and the score is all connected and it makes it feel like it's being based on what actions you take. In well, so the many film scenario. scores do the same thing where how many times do they harken back to one theme? Even if it's in a battle, they might harken quickly back to a romantic theme. And that might be very effective to have that contrast. So, I mean, you see that all the time in film score. Let's now move on to chapter nine. This is Medusa's final battle. This is a very intense piece of music. This was worked on by Matoi Sakuraba, Yasunori Matsuda, and Natsumi Kameoka. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
epic. We're listening to Chapter 9, Medusa's Final Battle. You know, this is really great because Medusa is the main villain of the game, but you sort of get like a false alarm. You think this is sort of going to be the end of the game and they have this sort of big epic battle, but it's deceitful because it's not because after this, you actually get the rise of a character called Dark Pit. Hmm. Um, but anyways, what I love about this theme is it is just as epic, making you feel like it's sort of the end of the game already. Yeah. Oh. Such a swashbuckling theme, the very be- the very main theme, the A oh, section. Absolutely. It, a lot of this music really feels to me like it could fit in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. There's something so swashbuckling about it in a, in a very good way. And then later on, like in this theme, in this second movement, <laughs> again, you're hearing the underworld hearken, but you're also hearing a lot of more kind of dissonance and tension. I really like the low cellos and basses that you had uh, near the end of that first movement. That was excellent. Oh. Some creepy. I love vo- how dissonant this gets. Yeah, there's some creepy uh, choral voices that are panned really hard left and right, right, which feels like they're coming from different places. Some great harp work throughout this entire soundtrack. I'm just right. noticing like every single song has like some really cool harp stuff going on. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to Chapter 10, The Wish Seed. This is uh, The Wish Seed Volcano Root. There's a couple different Wish Seed variations. This is composed by Matoi Sakuraba and Natsumi Kameoka. Listening to Chapter 10, The Wish Seed Volcano Root, featuring original music by Hirohip Tanaka, but also composed by Matoi Sakuraba and Natsume Kameoka. What I love is uh, this track is very, very heavily based on a theme called Overworld from the original Kid Icarus. And it's great because you have times where you'll get little motifs harkened to in a piece, but then you'll have other times where they'll heavily rely on a lot of the material. Yeah. And what's so cool is that even though there's all those different techniques, this fits in just as well as all the other ones. Isn't you know, that crazy? The theme doesn't feel jarring, but at the same time, most of the music of this game, it doesn't really sound like they're trying to go for what Hip Tanaka did. I think it's about a consistency in the arrangements. That's a very good point. The orchestration really informs you, the listener because because when you hear this theme with this orchestral context, like we said, mixed in with a lot of the original stuff, it doesn't feel jarring because it's the same orchestra, it's the same recording, it's the same people that are arranging it. Right. So you, you definitely feel like it fits in the same world, you know? Another thing I love is just sort of hearing orchestral interpretations of those 8-bit themes very smart ideas like for example the dun 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 you know having that is such very fast string runs works very perfectly and in general a thing that I'm just so impressed with this soundtrack is anytime they orchestrate any old 8-bit theme they always make such excellent choices in the arrangement that's a very good point. Let's move on to chapter 11. We're just uh, breezing by this game. This is chapter 11, Verity, Goddess of Nature. This is a really cool piece composed by Yuzo Kashiro and Takahiro Nishi. Enjoy.
This is beautiful. You're listening to Chapter 11, Verity, Goddess of Nature. Really stands out as being the first track, I believe, today. Uh, not a real orchestra. This is samples. And it really does jump out to you because you get so used to hearing the, uh, the authentic human performance and then going to this. It, it is a little bit noticeable, but melodically, like musically, it, it still feels very at home in this series. Oh, it's great. I can't believe this isn't one of the ones that Yasunori Mitsuda worked on because <laughs> this melody and this whole piece actually reminds me of something right out of Chrono Trigger. Yeah, that's a good you know, point. It's very has that sort of old world sort of Dorian modal quality to the melody. Um, very beautiful. Uh, one thing that I think is... One thing I just wanted to say about the fact that it is fake, I gotta say, playing it on those tiny 3DS speakers, I think it's the type of thing that I think most people probably wouldn't notice. Oh, really? Because when you have everything at such a low fidelity mixed in with all that, again, dialogue, intense sound effects. So recorded dialogue, you're saying, right? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, a lot of recorded dialogue and just a lot of intense sound effects and battle noises. So mm -hmm. I think most people probably wouldn't notice it. And they are fairly good samples it's oh, yeah. just again probably not as expressive as <laughs> obviously a lot of that great stuff but i think yeah. that's that's kind of cool that they are doing a good job of sequencing it and even when it's not real orchestra i think the average person wouldn't know and there isn't yeah. going to be that completely jarring disconnect that would make it not flow as a soundtrack it still flows really well oh yeah and it feels just like another great theme in that game that's a good point will well we're very excited folks it is now time to move on to our track of the week in my opinion, I think Will probably agrees, this is one of the pieces that really stands on its own just as a song. I think if you just take the material here, oh my gosh, it's so good. It really, really stays with you um, long after listening to this soundtrack. This is Dark Pit Battle, composed by Matoi Sakuraba and Yasunori Mitsuda. They just did an excellent job on this one. This features some really nice acoustic guitar, so please enjoy Dark Pit Battle. Excellent, folks. This is our track of the week this week. This is Dark Pit Battle, and I would wager that that uh, is probably Yasunori playing some electric bass there. You know, we know that he's a bass player, and probably some of his influence there and some of the rock arrangement. Really great to hear that authentic performance. Great drums, great bass. How about that acoustic guitar melody? It's so cool when there's that big grand pause, and then the digga 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 digga, and then it comes back with the full band. Right. One thing I gotta say is, since so much of this game is, you know, full orchestra and very orchestral, I think it's cool that this piece sort of introduces some rock elements, but yeah. not just, you know, modern rock elements. You actually get rock and roll elements. A lot of you know, 70s. That B3 organ. Oh, you get a lot of fusion. You get a lot of deep purple. That well, B3 organ is such a great exactly. choice. But what I think is great is Dark Pit is sort of an alternate version of Pit. He is, he's in a sense, yeah, he's Dark Pit. So he's more punky and he's uh -huh. like a bad guy. But what's great is I think it's sort of working that like, 
Pitt's music is very orchestral and sweet <laughs> and sort of like a choir boy. But this is a little bit darker and yes, more punky. but you know what I love is they really tone down the punky nature. It's not an electric Absolutely. guitar. It's not distorted. Right. It still feels like classical because it's an acoustic guitar. Right. And did you hear a couple seconds ago? There was the acoustic guitar playing power chords. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as punky as it could have been. Well, exactly, because it still fits in line with the game, and it's yes. not trying to take you out of the experience. Also, Dark Pit isn't that bad of a guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you fight him, but he's he's not like evil or anything. Yeah, I love that track. That that is my favorite track of the soundtrack. It's very unique. Let's move on to Chapter Twelve, Wrath of the Reset Bomb. And hey, what do you know? This is another one of my favorites. This is composed by Yuzo Kashiro and Natsumi Kameoka. Please enjoy Wrath of the Reset Bomb. <laughs> Excellent track. You're listening to Chapter 12, Wrath of the Reset Bomb, composed by Yuzo Koshiro and Natsumi Kameoka. One of my favorite tracks of the yeah, game. Again, you get such a lively, uh, buoyant use of the orchestra, and especially in form. You know, the piece is constantly just changing. <laughs> and what's so cool is since most of these levels are very sort of on rail, mm-hmm. there's sort of a, a point to it where it's like you're flying around, but, you know, the whole length of everything is almost predetermined Mm -hmm. it allows the music to be so much more dynamic that's a great point you know i was always thinking about that when i was listening to the tracks about how they're so different and they're always mutating and evolving almost getting better and better and more intense that makes a lot of Uh sense that they are for those on rail there is got something to be said about on rail about it sort of like it allows the length of each section to be predetermined so the music can have a definite form and it can be more specific because because if it had to fluctuate depending on when you change there, they'd have to stop the music and start yeah. a new section. Where here, it's able to have a transitionary material. I'm so glad you brought that up, Will, because that makes a lot of sense why this music is so cinematic. I think exactly. with film score, the fact that it's a predetermined length, you can do some of the most intense emotional things with the music, which is what they're able to do here because you know when the action is changing. And I think that's one of the reasons why this music is so cinematic, and I think it could fit really well in a film so let's move on to chapter 14 thundercloud temple and this one was worked on by matoi sakuraba and yasunori mitsuda they were a great team they did a lot of great work together on the soundtrack please enjoy thundercloud temple
This is great. This is such a smart combination of rock and orchestral elements. The first time today you're hearing a distorted electric guitar to great effect. This is composed by Matoi Sakuraba and Yasunori Mitsuda. Really bringing the rock influence into this soundtrack. This is Chapter 14, Thundercloud Temple. What are your thoughts on this track, Will? My thoughts are that I love it. And <laughs> Moving on, folks. <laughs> yeah, no, well, what I got to say is there's such a youthful, charismatic element to all of this music, and it really fits the That's character of Pit. You know, really, before this game, Pit wasn't really a defined character, and he really had to make up for a, lo- a lot of lost time because to try to step alongside beloved characters like Samus and Link and Mario or even like Kirby or DK, you know, he really had to make up for a lot of lost time. But in this game, they did such a wonderful job establishing this character. He's very youthful. He says a lot, but he's incredibly likable and yeah. earnest. And this music sort of shares a lot of the qualities of his personality. And I love that we're getting some of those rock elements because rock has a youthful quality to it. And Pit or Kid Icarus really is a kid and having mm. some of those youthful elements just sort of reinforce his character and the fact that you're sort of experiencing this adventure from his perspective. One thing I love about this soundtrack, and it's a great point you brought up, Will, is that they go in different directions inspirationally, comp- compositionally different genres, but they never stray too far from the mean. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's rock influence, but it's not crazy. It's not, like, metal, and right. it's not too, like, uh, juvenile, because it's still, again, there's orchestral elements. It still feels very grounded, and it still feels at home in this soundtrack and in this series. So that's one thing that I think is very impressive, is that they never stray too far away. So let's now move on to Chapter 16, The Arum Hive, composed by Matoi Sakuraba, Yuzo Koshiro, and Natsumi Kamaoka. <laughs> Excellent piece of music. You guys are listening to Chapter 16, The Arum Hive, composed by Matoi, Yuzo, and Natsumi. One thing, if you guys uh, may not have noticed, this piece is predominantly in 5-8. It definitely is 8, not 4, because it's a very, very fast subdivision. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 1. There's one measure of 7-8 right. mixed in there with 5-8, and that is something that puts you on edge and uh-huh. keeps you on edge, because you're not able to find the one. You're not able to sit down and groove to it. It's very tension-filled. So this piece is a mixture. It's a compound meter mixture of 5-8 and with one measure of 7-8 thrown in there. Right. Really cool. A lot of uh, unique instrument choices being added in here. We have some sort of analog synth sounds in addition with that mallet percussion going on there. Some of those synth sounds almost sound like they're out of Mario Galaxy. Yeah, it really does. It's really it, it makes me <laughs> smile, you know, just hearing such wonderfully scored orchestral music with those synth qualities definitely remind me of some of the Mario Galaxy music. Let's move on to Chapter 17. This is called Arum Brain's Fortress Second Half. So there was a first half and a second half. The second half is, in our opinion, maybe a little bit stronger. We were really excited to play this track for you guys. This is composed by Matoi Sakuraba, Yuzo Kashiro, and Natsumi Kamioka.
Such a great piece. You're listening to Chapter 17, Arum Brain's Fortress, second half. Once again, how many great examples are we going to have of an original piece of music from the original Kid Icarus, and they're able to sandwich it with new, old, new, old, to the point where you don't even know. How are you even supposed to tell what's new and what's old? It's all so consistent and solid. Some great synth uh, incorporation in this one as well. But yeah, this is a fantastic piece of music. You said a lot of it is based on one of the original themes from... Is yeah, it the ending theme? Yeah, it's one theme? of the last themes. I believe it's called, like, In the Hall of the Medusa or something. Oh. I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh, it's essentially the final level. And it's really sort of epic, because even within that first game, they're hearkening back to sort of the main theme within that yeah. level. And here we're getting an orchestral realization of that. But also, like you said, with original material mixed in and weaved in with it. Um, but again, just wonderful use of instruments here. You know, this game, the soundtrack is just so fluid. It really just adopts whatever hat it needs to. You yeah. know, and what I love, it, on multiple scales too, we can have this large, high-scale orchestral music, very excellently engineered, all incredibly intentional. And then we can have some rock stuff with much more grit to it. You know, it some of that rock stuff, especially the drum sounds, had a very sort of garage-like room. Oh, yes, to it. absolutely. You know, it, it doesn't all have this sort of polished, pristine quality to it, but some of it really does, and it's all intentional, and it all feels fluid and like it's responding to a sequence in the game, and I just think that's wonderful. I'm so lucky, so glad that we got to have a spotlight on this soundtrack. I really think it warrants it. It's so fun to hear track after track doing the same things like in a, in a good way they're not they're not the same songs that are repeated but they're using these compositional techniques over and over again in different contexts with different melodies and stuff right. and to hear the consistent imaginative use of the orchestra is one of the reasons why we really thought this uh, warranted a spotlight episode well we have four more tracks to show you guys today hopefully you guys are getting a kick out of this episode let's go to chapter 18 that town three years later dog This is definitely one of the standout tracks, in my opinion. You're listening to Chapter 18, That Town Three Years Later, Dog. Now, there's also uh, another theme, That Town Three Years Later, Girl. This is the dog version. And this was composed by... <laughs> the Mas dog version. <laughs> the dog version. This is the dog variation. This was composed by Masafumi Takada, the only track we're featuring from that composer, as well as Yasunori Mitsuda. And you can hear his influence here. This is an exquisite piece. Great performance. I love the guitar... I don't know if that would be considered a solo or a melody, but it's a very melodic solo. In the very end of that solo, um, it's actually harmonized, which I think is incredibly effective. It's kind of going back to the loop at that point. Well, one thing I love about this in that Dark Pit theme, we get some Spanish influence mm -hmm. and some Latin influence as well. As well with is, as some Gaelic old school Well, yeah, influence. it's very well warranted to have that sort of rhythmic instrumentational influence from one country, but as far as the harmonics and composition, have that from a whole nother era mm -hmm. it's a very nice blend and again it feels like a like much like a lot of this game drawing influences from a lot of different things but being willing to just sort of change its sound on a dime in somehow miraculously still feeling cohesive yeah that was a great dog version one of my favorite dog tracks we've you think we could have a dog episode i don't know if there are quite enough dog pieces of music there's not for... enough dogs in video games period <sighs> What do you think? Think we could? I think we could probably do a dog-themed episode. <laughs> 
I mean, it would be awful, but no, I'm just kidding. All right, we're going to move on to chapter 19, Sanctuary of the Galaxy. And this was composed by, oh, looks like I was wrong. There is one more Masafumi Takata track today. This one is Masafumi Takata, Yasunori Matsuda, and Natsumi Kameoka. Enjoy Sanctuary of the Galaxy. Love this piece of music. You're listening to Chapter 19, Sanctuary of the Galaxy, composed primarily by Masafumi Takada, as well as some help from Yasunori Mitsuda. We're was... finally getting some woodwind attention. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's been a long time. Such a strong melody. This is another piece that changes meters. You have a 5-8 meter, and then the C section, you go to 6-8, which is very effective. Um, but this piece has a little bit of um, influence from the Magnus theme that Yuzo Koshiro uh-huh. composed, as far as how simple it is. Now, what's going on here? Here, that weird voice, it, it sounds like one of the lums from Rayman Origins got loose and started singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. No, this is this is really another piece that really stands out, you know, because there's a lot of complexity to the oh, soundtrack. Absolutely. This is one of the pieces that this theme is very simple, and it's very singable. It's very timeless. It almost transcends a bunch of different genres and eras in music, and it's something that would have, would have sounded great hundreds of years ago. People would have enjoyed it almost any era. I gotta say, Nintendo's just hitting so many home runs with uh, their orchestras, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really fantastic. This orchestra again is just wonderful such expressive playing in such dynamic contrast is one of the things I really love there you know I felt like with a lot of early orchestral video game music you had a lot of playing that felt very uh, broad palette and felt very um, not refined you know you'd have some uh, intonation issues and you definitely wouldn't have a subtlety as far as dynamics but I mean ever since you know the Mario Galaxy Orchestra a lot of the orchestral Zelda stuff this even that Fire Emblem soundtrack that we played last week I'm really just noticing uh, such a level such an attention to detail Mm -hmm. in these orchestral players that's just so wonderful and is absolutely on par with the best of film music orchestras. The level of sophistication is unparalleled. We're going to play one of the final pieces of music in this game. We have a couple final pieces here. This is chapter 23, Hades Final Battle, composed by Matoi Sakuraba, Noriyuki Awadere, and Natsumi Kameoka. Listening to Hades Final Battle. Did I say Hades Final Battle? <laughs> that was a brain fart. 
apologize, Gosh, everybody. Dude, you're forgetting all this Greek mythology stuff. And I took <laughs> mythology in high school. I should have known that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm currently taking mythology, so maybe I have the leg up in that regard. But <laughs> no, this is a wonderful piece. Again, we're getting some of that dynamic contrast that I was talking about earlier. You know, so much uh, crescendo and decrescendo that you have these big, large swells with the entire orchestra. Yes, yes. Yeah, there, there was a piece like earlier almost. that did that. I think was it Wrath of the Reset Bomb? And I was I telling it was Will, that. it makes me feel like I'm on a ship that's like capsizing, and there's like waves that are crashing. Yeah, I think down. it was that one. Yeah, it's uneasy, like seasick there, feeling. Yeah, because there was this sort of sideways motion to it that you just sort yeah. of got, and it worked with the panning. Like certain parts of the orchestra would get quieter before yeah. the other parts, and it made it sound like kind of like he was describing like a ship kind of rocking. But yeah, again, a very subtle control of dynamics and just an ability to completely switch in a very broad sense as far as the composition like switch tone from just something very subtle and intimate to something just very big and broad and it all just feels very cohesive and I mean the ultimate test is that when you play the game it's all really effective and it just sits perfectly in the balance of the sound and the experience. One thing I want to say is obviously there's an there's an inherent similarity to this Hades final battle and the Medusa's final battle we played earlier very very similar pieces but one of the reasons we wanted to play both of them is to kind of show you kind of the different because this is near the end of the actually near the end of the game so it's interesting to see like how that how this can ramp up from that theme. So now we're going to play the last track we're going to talk about. This is one of the final pieces of the game. This is Chapter 25, The War's End, composed by Matoi Sakuraba, Noriyuki Awadere, and Natsumi Kameoka. Thank you so much guys for joining us today for our spotlight on Kid Icarus Uprising for the 3DS. This was so fun for us. We've been looking forward to this for a long time and hopefully you guys got an understanding of why we were so excited uh, about showcasing on this on this soundtrack. We just had a great time with this. Yeah, really this is I hope is sort of the beginning of a new era for Nintendo mm-hmm. of these wonderful completely consistent uh, full orchestral soundtracks you know we're getting a lot of these 3ds ones that are so good and it looks like in the future we're gonna have some more great soundtracks but you know I gotta say this game just did such an impressive job because again like I'm saying this series and this game really had to make up for a lot of lost time that's for in sure. both the music and the character of Pitt and Lady Palatina 
really have become some of my favorite new Nintendo characters. And it's great that they've sort of in one game gotten able to sort of come back up. And now I appreciate them. I mean, probably not as much as like Mario. Yeah, they're definitely they they're great Nintendo characters. And one thing that I have to say is this game. This is definitely a classic Nintendo game in a classic Nintendo soundtrack. And now that we have three games, it's a classic Nintendo franchise. And like you said, we were talking um, during one of the pieces is that the team team Sora that developed this game, although they are now defunct, we can still hope for maybe another entry in the Kid Icarus series in the future. Absolutely. And hopefully we can reunite some of these composers. And I mean, even though that uh, Sora team has been disbanded, Masahiro Sakurai is still working on games for Nintendo. Yeah, so I really I'd hope that we can hear these composers come together because there was something magical about these particular men and women coming together and just really elevating all of their individual well, talents. Right. Because what's great is you get a variety of um, more new blood with some absolute veteran composers. Mm-hmm. But what I like is there's no one that's worked on the series really before. Yeah. And there's no... There's no huge Nintendo composer on here. There's no Hajimu Kai, no Koji Kondo. Yeah, I mean, Matoi no Sakuraba, like he has work on Nintendo games, right. but I wouldn't consider him but a there's huge n- Nintendo Yeah, there's composer. no, like, top-tier mm-hmm. Nintendo composer. A lot of people that have just done overshadow it. Yeah, yeah just... so it allows it to sort of create its own musical landscape, which I think was really important in yeah. solidifying it as its own core franchise. I'm not sure if that's how these composers got the job, but all of them are so diverse. Someone like Matoi Sakuraba, he's definitely a huge huge composer i'm not trying to belittle him as a composer but as far as nintendo that's not really his identity like he's done so much well, i think for none so of these companies. people are specifically nintendo mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the great things about having it be developed by sort of a not completely nintendo mm-hmm. studio it's under it was i mean it was under the umbrella of Nintendo, but it wasn't sort of uh, had a lot made of by an R&D mm-hmm. team. Well, thanks so much, guys. We are so excited. We have two more episodes of Nintendo Month that we are just absolutely can't wait to share with you guys. Please stick around with us this whole month. We're going to have a great time. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy Nintendo Month. See you guys next time.